You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm Michael Edwards out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. For episode 15, we're going to start with a little bit of follow-up. So Grooveshark had just been pronounced dead for about a day, and we already got Grooveshark back. Uh, in a way that is yeah and it's uh not dot com this time it's dot io and uh there's and you always know rumor- it's good when it's io <laughs> you know they spent a lot on that domain um and it's rumored to be not just it's not the original groove shark people it's some people revive it's the internet rerouting around the censorship of uh labels shutting it down and uh the the rumor is that the MP3 juices is is really the back end or the people behind it, and I don't, I don't really know anything about MP3 juices because I haven't paid attention to pirating music in a long time. Yeah, I just tried before the show and um, I I entered some search terms to to compare, but actually the uh, the the search on um, on MP3 juices worked a little bit better. I gotta say, I mean <laughs> both of them streamed the song that I was looking for, but. Um, there's, there's gotta be a little bit of difference there. I just, uh, I don't know anyone that bothers with this anymore. I, I mean, I guess if there's something obscure or a live version or some like unreleased thing, people Probably, will go yeah. torrent it. But most of the time it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go to YouTube or Spotify and just play it there. <laughs> things can we expect these kind of things to happen every time now? I mean, we've had the same thing with the Pirate Bay. Or, I don't know, there was some other torrent site that was relaunched about two days after it was seed, uh, seized by the feds again. So, yeah. I, I think the, those music uh, portals, yeah, they, they're like this hydra that everybody likes to talk about when it comes to, to illegal internet. Yeah, And this is a prime example right there. And I haven't seen any data recently, but it's always seemed really suspect that piracy really hurts sales much. Um, it's always seemed a little hard to prove. And I mean, the the thing that always gets me is that the labels will claim that every single pirated song is a lost sale. And I'm like, no, someone stealing your song isn't someone that would have bought it. <laughs> so it's, it's a crazy assumption. Um, yep. we're, we're also managing to keep title in our news and, uh, um, Noel Gallagher, <laughs> even though uh, we have to, to go at some very low hanging fruit here. Yeah, this is pretty low, but um, we're, we're almost becoming a tabloid. We got to stop this. Um, but the downward <laughs> spiral continues. Uh, Noel Gallagher, a former guitarist for Oasis, um, sounded off in a, a Rolling Stone feature interview, um, or they're just reporting on, I can't re- tell if it was their interview, but doesn't matter. Um, he had some very, very harsh words for the, the whole title oh, announcement. <laughs> I'm surprised that he uh, he could be not friendly about something. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So uh, so <laughs> apparently there's. So here's the question: You said in the past you want people to own music instead of stream it. What's your take on title? And then in brackets, long pause. <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought that the people on stage might want to be a little bit aware that they don't look like Jay-Z's minions. Madonna was pretty cool the way she cocked her leg up on that desk and signed the declaration. Um, So we both kind of picked up on that amazing moment. Um, I think ultimately that the spiel they came out with, it was like, do these people think they're the fucking Avengers? They're going to save the fucking world? (laughs) 
So he seems to not really hold him in much high esteem. Um, oh, oh. I liked he uh, he called out Alicia Keys for for making a, a very straight faced speech about the power of music. Um, he says. Um, we're all aware of the power of music, but I don't think you are. I quote Nietzsche regularly too, but only when I'm talking about downloading and then laughs. <laughs> so I don't really think about Noel Gallagher in my normal life, but <laughs> you know, if, if, if he's bashing title, I guess it's good enough for our podcast. Yep. Yep. Okay. But let's never do this again. Yeah. I think we're done. Unless, and unless he actually saves the world in some way. Noel Gallagher's secret life. Um, so we do have some weird hearsay news to talk about, and this is uh, this this rumor going around that Apple is trying to convince the music labels to kill free streaming um, to sort of help buoy their lo- relaunch of Beats this summer, which obviously isn't a guaranteed thing, but it, Apple never tells you ahead of time. But everyone thinks they're going to announce their new music streaming service, and it would really help if no one else had a free version um, when they want everyone to spend $10 a month on their music service. And some of the, I mean, I wanted to pick this apart a couple of different ways. Um, some of this sounds a lot like what they got in trouble with for the book. Um, they were, they were investigated by the department of justice for a price fixing scheme for convincing all the book publishers to, not accept to basically change their business model with Amazon instead of the wholesale book sales at Amazon. They get books at a wholesale price and then they set their own prices and they can sell them at a loss or sell them break even just to make the Kindle more attractive. Um, you know, in $9 books instead of 13 or $15. Um, Apple had convinced the publishers to switch that model up and the department of justice determined that that was anti-competitive. And so the question is, is this similar and I don't know if it's similar because part, part of it, because it's all hearsay. We don't know what Apple is asking for. We don't know if the music labels are colluding on this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do say that the, some of the data is kind of damning on the free model for Spotify because they've reported losses for years now. Um, and they claim it's really important to convert like free people get converted into being paying customers eventually. Because they want to, you know, they want to sync to their mobile, or they want to, you know, get rid of the ads. So I don't know. What did you make of this? Just as unsure as you are, and yeah. um, I think we can really just wait for things to happen. But it, anything that's said in this article wouldn't surprise me. Um, it's just that, um, yeah, not not sure if it's going to happen, but uh, or in some way, in in some weaker form, that something like this is going to happen. Um, and about, and, and about the, the Spotify conversion thing, just some anecdotal evidence. I was actually converted by their, um, three months for a dollar price thing, uh, they, they did at the end of last year. And now I'm a paying customer and I really like not having to hear any ads. So <laughs> yeah, it can work. Listen to Jay-Z's new album. <laughs> I also got to add that I only have to pay five euros because I'm still a student. So, um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting the discount there. I should see if I can work that out with my university ID. Yeah. I mean, you got, all you need is an EDU address, I think. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that'll change because a lot of schools are starting to let people keep their email addresses forever because it's like an alumni relations, like identity oh, yeah. thing. Um, so a few more stats that may help color this. I was, I was looking around for like, um, <clears throat> part of like 
claiming that this would be anti-competitive would kind of hinge on Apple having undue influence on the market, like basically either a monopoly or some kind of commanding control. And I was trying to sniff out, you know, what market share they had in different um, capacities. And so the, the latest number I could find was in late 2014, there was a number that said that Apple's share of global music sales was about 29% which is actually pretty big. I wonder if they're the single biggest retailer of music or not. Um, and if you just uh, uh, scope that down to digital only, um, I've seen reports as high as over 60% of digital music sales are through iTunes. Um, so I'm, I'm sure the rest is Amazon and Google and maybe a few other, maybe probably Bandcamp now, um, but who knows. Um, but overall, digital sales are fading. They're, they're dropping like 10% every year. So people don't want to buy music anymore. Or at least um, not digital music. But then I also think of some other... I mean, I know when you're talking about music sales, you can be on Windows and still buy iTunes music. So this isn't exactly completely relevant. But um, globally, <laughs> iOS has about 13% market share and Android has like 80. It's like crazy destroying it. Um, mostly because of the low-end markets, all the all the cheap and free phones you can get in... in Third world countries, I think, add up to a lot in numbers. Um, yeah. And if you're talking about the Mac, you're about 5% of the world's computers. Um, so pretty piddling, pretty small. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how to analyze it. I think there's a... Maybe a, a, maybe Mac and iOS users just spend more money. That's true. <laughs> um, the, the, the last point I guess I'd make about this is... it it really does depend on the context because Apple saying, man, if you offer free, why would anyone pay for anything? Why don't you think about a different business model um, is different than strong arming, which could be like, we're going to threaten you with our iTunes business of cutting you out. If you don't like switch the, and that would be more like a nineties Microsoft style um, where they actually did got, get into trouble, um, which a lot of people have a misconception about that, that, um, Microsoft was in trouble for making IE the default browser. It's really that they leveraged their OEM control to make to just OEMs. Ship it to everybody. Not, yeah. yeah. And so it was using one monopoly in another market. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting way in the weeds here. Um, it could be really shitty and douchey on Apple's part. We just don't know. Yep. Don't kill our free streams. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some hardware. Tell me about this, this mini controller thing. So yeah, this is this is kind of a follow up because I was tweeting with Justin about um about Enic about the 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 music pledge that he's doing for his new album and in this video he's playing some kind of strange in instrument that he asked me about and I looked around the internet and found the Zetar by Star Labs and it's actually an old thing I think it was from the eighties somebody invented it already. It's kind of a gu uh, guitar MIDI controller. So imagine your regular old guitar. And, um, on the fretboard, in instead of just frets and strings going, going across them, you've got actually buttons for every single note that you can play on a guitar. And those just translate to, to MIDI notes. But it not only transmits the, the MIDI note when you, when you hit the button, but you also have to play a string down there with the right hand. And the, you've got those little strings that just go across for about five inches or so. This is more or less just a MIDI controller as a guitar. And um, I've always liked those kind of things, although I don't know how how really playable. I mean, I, I saw a demo online of some guy um, playing it. 
he was really really shredding this this fretboard <laughs> um i can imagine it be awkward awkward for the first few minutes um but if it if it really just handles like a fretboard i mean why not so I, I haven't seen one of these being played. Uh, does the string do anything besides, like, say, the velocity of the, the note you're playing? Um, how, how does that interact with the, the, the fretboard part? Let me find that out. I mean, I guess it would be just the the velocity. Although if you have a a, um, a well-programmed synthesizer patch, that, that velocity would probably translate to other kinds of articulation, like... Um, if you if you play I don't know if you play softly there's a there's a low pass filter that's not as open as if you strike it really hard so you get don't get a bright sound if you don't play it the, the if you don't play the string really hard. Gotcha. So I, I guess just with this one thing alone with velocity alone you can get some good articulation out of it. And I wonder how that works. So are they literal guitar strings? I you know I'm I'm really unresearched on this. Yeah. I'm, um, let me get a close-up look of this. Well, there was at least one video where I saw guitar strings on there, and it's loading. Um, well, it looks like it. So the strings don't go down the entire fretboard? Nope, no, they stop when the neck starts. Although on this one, they go through. What the hell is going on here? Okay, so they've got a lot of different models. Apparently, I saw a different model in this video. Okay, so here we go. This one has just the buttons. Yep, they're regular strings. Oh, I don't know if it's regular. They all seem to have the same thickness. Whereas with a regular guitar, you have different thicknesses down the right down the threadboard. So the one thing I noticed on the, these guitars is that they are expensive as hell, um, starting at over two thousand dollars and up to three thousand dollars. Well, I'm actually at the z6 series right now and they seem to start at wait or is that the price it says something about 300 dollars here but that may be the air power wireless midi thing on the side i'm not really sure if that's the thing here wait let me find out um i want to buy this where can I? there's not even a buy button here <laughs> Let me check eBay. The main theme we're finding out is that this website sucks. Yep. <laughs> They've already lost me as a first-hand customer. Ah, uh, Zitar. Okay. Um, there's a Zitar. 2000. Yep. 1700. Okay. I can, I guess we can safely assume these things are expensive as hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Seven string guitars, apparently also available. <laughs> yep. Seems like the, or is it? Let me just check one more thing for the price. <clears throat> yep, it seems like the AirPower tool, some wireless MIDI uh, MIDI interface thingy. That's the one that costs three hundred dollars. So three hundred dollars just to send MIDI through the airwaves. Yeah, I mean you can you can probably get a decent wireless microphone in the same price range. Okay, so um, if if I were to gift one of these to you, um, would you see it as a toy or would you actually try to use it uh, seriously and seriously in air quotes there. <laughs> right. Um, it, it would definitely be a toy, but I, w I would definitely try to use it seriously. Is that a great hedging answer? Um, yeah, it it yeah. looks <laughs> looks fascinating. I, I would love to, to play around with instruments in this format. Um, and it would be interesting to find out if I would be running back to my keyboard and my comfortable knobs and faders. Um or if if I would uh, 
actually embrace it and find new ways to play. Um, but don't 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 spend twenty five hundred dollars on this for me. <laughs> Too late. It's on the way. You don't want it to go the way of the wah pedal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I I would really like to try one because there was a brief period where I was experimenting around with uh, audio to MIDI synthesizers VST plugins. So I could actually play my synthesizers with my guitar for the same very reason that I was thinking, okay, I've got, I don't have a guitar part in this part, but I do want to play guitar. So let me just play my synth line with a guitar. <laughs> Problem is with these plugins is always the latency. I mean, maybe they've gotten better. I haven't tried again. There's also, um, this audio or this, this like MIDI pickup. There's a hexa pickup by Roland, I think that I was. That I always had in my my wish list on my um, favorite music retail uh, music instrument retailer. Problem is that um, I I didn't want to want to mod my old guitar, and once I got my new guitar, my my Telecaster, I found out that this pickup wouldn't really fit into this guitar because um, the this metal part around where the string starts it's just too too slim it wouldn't fit in there so uh, once again i have to wait to get a new guitar in order to to get this pickup you need more like a les paul style guitar or something yeah probably i mean a regular old strat i mean i could have gotten a more modern telecaster i was going with the vintage model just because it was the one where i could get the color that i wanted but yeah so this <laughs> instagram filter on your guitar <laughs> yep <laughs> um yeah, so uh, one of these days I'm going to get this MIDI interface for your guitar and then I'm going to play all the things on this. <laughs> well, I'll be excited to see how that works out. So there was a recent spat between SoundCloud and Sony Music. Um, and I guess your first question here is, did you know SoundCloud had ads? I've actually never experienced an ad on SoundCloud, which is probably why I really don't mind listening to things on SoundCloud because yep. usually you immediately get to hear the reason you showed up at the page. Um, yeah, you got to give it to them. They're pretty pretty direct in that sense. Yeah, and they seem to have chosen to monetize the, their users um, being, you know, upgrading to Pro for, for extra time and space instead of you know, annoying your listeners for revenue. Um, so Sony music has recently removed a bunch of songs and, uh, probably because they want more money and they, um, were complaining about not having enough avenues for squeezing more money out of the service. Um, so great job, Sony. Yeah. But about, uh, SoundCloud in general, what's, what's your current opinion of SoundCloud? I mean, we, we were both on there. It's, it started out kind of like the flicker of music. Somebody described it as that. <laughs> and as you said, you can just upload something, send somebody a link and they can play it. Um, yeah. I can do the same thing with YouTube more or less if I were to, to put my stuff, my, my audio snippets on YouTube. But yeah, that's the only thing I do now with SoundCloud for, for, yeah, one of the reasons is just the, community there i think it's it feels like 80 percent spam bot so whenever i have to deal with another user there it's probably a spam bot yeah just um or at least a person who just goes around favoriting and and making mindless comics just so you can yeah, yeah visit their profile same thing happens on twitter all the time where you know you mention the wrong product and you get followed by eight bots and yeah. added to a, a list of tastemakers for that category yeah. and you're like i'm i call it twitter phishing where sometimes i just tweet out something with just a bunch of hashtags and see what kind of uh, <laughs> bots are going to follow me up 
and, and which ads you're going to see all over the internet for the next month. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I don't really use SoundCloud anymore. There was a short period of time, a couple of years ago, or actually probably five years ago now, um, leading up to my first genetic engines album where I was actually posting demos there and trying different mixes and was even seeking out like collaborators to maybe provide some parts or harmonies or, or different things. And, uh, the one guy that sent me a harmony, I didn't use it cause I didn't like it, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it, it used to be, it, it was kind of in, uh, maybe Flickr was a great example of how to describe it because Flickr was really important when it was hard to share photos. Um, it was a good service. They give you a generous amount of space and, you know, it's relatively easy to create albums or link or embed. But now all the social networks have swallowed that hole because, um, Facebook really owns photos for casual people. Oh, you know, yeah. Plebes and casuals. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, I guess Flickr's still around, but no one really cares about it. And I, I think SoundCloud's kind of entered that category a little yep. bit. Yep. And yeah, my, my biggest gripe possibly with SoundCloud is the kind of limitations they put on free users. And I mean, okay, if, if I don't pay for the service, I don't have much to expect. I'm probably, but just two hours of music is not that much. I know some people have problems with that when it comes to DJ sets that are pretty long. And the other thing is that I really, really hate how they gate the most basic analytics behind a paid model. So unless you're paying, you're not getting a lot of, I mean, you only get getting numbers like, okay, so this song was played 20 times this week. That's all you're getting. You don't get where they came from and uh, like location or where they refer, how they were referred or found your song. Yeah. And I think that's a must in today's day. I mean, with YouTube, you're getting all this free. You're getting the complete Google Analytics package. If, if you're a regular, regular small, uh, YouTube user there, and I think yeah. SoundCloud should catch really up with that. You really have to set it up. Yeah, right. Bandcamp is doing almost the same thing. They are, I mean, their their analytics is okay, but they are gating the the geographic location behind the Bandcamp Pro account model. I'm I can live with that, but I I think some 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 parts of analytics should be the the standard by now. How early did you join Bandcamp? Um, I was watching it from afar up until I, <laughs> I was close to, we were close to releasing our first album. So I like at a, a high school dance. I guess <laughs> I was staking out in my car watching band camp all day. That was, I, I found out about it, um, probably year after they started or so. And I quickly joined, but I had didn't have anything to put up. So I wasn't really an active user up until the point where we released yeah. our first album. And then I actually started looking at other people's music on there. Were you early enough? Because uh, there was some early adopter perks that became part of Bandcamp Pro later. Um, some of the, the options and settings and some of the, like, I remember hitting some sales perks where they give me like, you know, 500 or a thousand download codes for free and um, some other superpowers. And now that's all paywalled. Yep. No, I was too late for that, sadly. <laughs> um, so I've been flying, flying pretty. Soon I'm pretty sure going to try out some Bandcamp Pro. Um, I, I gotta have a reason for it. So, um, I, I have to be more active with the promotion of my stuff on there. Or once I have my, my actually first EP or album finished there with my, my solo project, 
which we talked about last time about this kind of release model, then I'm probably going to try Bandcamp Pro for some time. Um, but for now, the only thing that would be an upgrade would be the analytics, the geographic analytics, since I'm not going to burn through my 200 download codes in, in a month, I think. Yeah. And once again, we've got a new study. This time it's about music festivals and the use of drugs on those music festivals. And in the way we, the way we do it in 2015, we do studies by um, scraping Instagram photos and hashtags and comparing how much, uh, how, how many music festivals are named along with the names of certain drugs. And then they've made this little um, hipstery made in Adobe Illustrator chart about um yeah the the top three festivals for each and every drug and we start out with alcohol marijuana soon going to mdma cocaine lsd and um what do we have well yeah dmt mescaline everything you can expect yeah and uh, one of my favorite results here is uh that Burning Man is the top <laughs> festival for five of these categories. So <laughs> mushrooms, cocaine, crack cocaine, uh, DMT, LSD, and uh, mescaline. Burning Man is mentioned most. And I can't say I'm surprised. Burning Man seems kind of like a melting pot of all the drugs <laughs> um, and, and all the hallucinations and craziness that could possibly happen seems to be, go on at that festival. Um, never been there. It's basically <laughs> the psychedelic uh, sequences from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas come to to the real world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a little curious that we're, we're using Instagram for research now. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder how many of these were like ironic hashtags or not. And <laughs> Um, I guess that's just the thing is people just casually mention their, you know, controlled substance abuse control. on social media now. <laughs> controlled. As long as there's, they've got a designated driver, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can use heroin even if it's going to kill you. <laughs> as long as there's someone to drive you to the morgue. <laughs> All right. So what, what else? Uh, I'm, I'm just... Okay, we got some... Okay, alcohol, Glastonbury, that doesn't surprise me. Um, there was Lollapalooza in there and Coachella. I mean, I'm I'm kind of surprised that you see cocaine at Coachella. I would have expected more um, Coachella to, to be more on top on the uh, marijuana chart, not on the cocaine chart. Yeah, Marley Fest, not a surprise, yeah. though. <laughs> I'm, I just realized that I judged a music festival because they're not using, they're, they're, they're not smoking weed there. That's basically <laughs> what it's come down to here. Uh, General drug terms being one of the categories. <laughs> and a Burning Man still ends up number three on that <laughs> list. Okay, some of these I've never heard of. Um, Tomorrowland or Electric Daisy Carnival. But from now on, I'm always going to associate them with pills and LSD. <laughs> camp yeah. disco ultra music festival some lsd <laughs> yeah so now you know where you're gonna go if you want to to be in the drug using community and so uh, the, the first one is alcohol which you know is a pretty wide catch-all and uh, the number one on that is chili cook-off and is that like an actual festival name or they just mean that at chili cook-offs <laughs> um, maybe those are mixed in there yeah 
just just one more thing that I just noticed uh, looking at the numbers. Okay, so alcohol was mentioned in about 70 to 90% of the posts about those festivals. Um, all the other numbers except for Mariana are also pretty low. Except when you look at the MDMA, Molly and Ecstasy, we've got about 40% down to 20% on the top three. So just in comparison, there's a lot more MDMA and Ecstasy usage in those festivals <laughs> that about 40% of all posts mention those. Yeah. And I like how they're, they're, they have little representative icons for yeah. all the drugs and the one for that one is just a smiley yep. face. <laughs> Um, which is to say, uh, we've been, we've been describing something visual on a podcast, which, you know, is kind of a cardinal sin. So you should head to our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 15 and, and check out this, this research yep. and, and actually look at the chart for yourself. So you know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining that those three festivals, so Ele Electric Daisy Carnival, Ultra Music Festival and Camp Bisco are all just, um, yeah. The, the music thing is just a front for a basically convention for MDMA and ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you sent this along and I already had a lot of fun with it before we started recording. Um, there's this song lyrics generator and uh, it's, it works kind of like Mad Libs. And uh, you, you sort of pick your representative artist, you know, are you making a Madonna song? Are you making a, a Cranberries or an R.E.M. song? And then you get all these blanks where you can fill in words. Or if you're really lazy, you can just click a random button and it'll fill it for you. And uh, I have to say the results are pretty amazing. <laughs> you also pick a, a band name. And so I, I think we should share these with the world. And yep. uh, I think you should go of, first. This is the best so of what, all lyrics. So what is your band and what song did you write? So my, my band name is The Crab Faces after I made one as The Solid Snakes. Um, I, I chose something in the style of the village people and the song title turned out to be What Do You Want to Be Deepak Chopra? <laughs> and just, just some, I mean, you're probably gonna expect that it's a YMCA ripoff, but, um, so, so here are some of the fun lines that I got out of this. Um, where can you find pleasure? Search the world for treasure. Where can you tweet at Elon Musk? Make your dreams all come true. Where can you retweet the onion? In Twitter. <laughs> yes, you can tweet at Elon Musk in Twitter. Yes, you can retweet the onion in Twitter. <laughs> come on now, Deepak Chopra, make a stand in Twitter. <laughs> it's dang to impregnate in Twitter. They have app. You can tweet at Elon Musk. But you got to know this one thing. Solar is the future. <laughs> it's dank to impregnate it. What does that even mean? Uh, amazing. We'll never know. Mad Libs. And, I, and there's also this little album art it generated. Um, so we'll have a link in the show notes to this. We should save those. Yep. Yeah, we should save them. Um, I, I do love your, your band name, The Crap Faces. Um, I did help name it. So maybe that's a little, <laughs> little selfish to say. Um, so my song through the song lyrics generator was, uh, living for the next paycheck in a fuchsia millennium Falcon, um, by the band lesbianage. And, uh, this is in the style of the Beatles. And, um, I have this thing when I do Mad Libs where when I ask for a noun, I, I try to pick like an, an ethereal noun, like 
hope or faith or um, not like a real actual object. And that usually works out well. So this time I picked despair. (laughs) (laughs) So the lyrics are, oh yeah, I'll tell you something. I think you'll understand when I'll say that something. I want to hold your despair. (laughs) I want to hold your despair. It's the most emo Beatles song ever instead of I want to hold your hand. Um, Oh, please say to me, you'll let me marry an elf queen. And please say to me, you'll let me spank a panda. Now let me hold your despair. I want to hold your despair. And then clearly it shifts to uh, the Beatles song, Imagine, for this next part. Imagine there's no smartphones. It's easy if you try. No pantomimes in hell. Above us, only laundry. Imagine all the people living for the next paycheck. You may say I'm a dick, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will become hunted by drones. <laughs> There's two more stanzas and I'm yep. going yep. to subject you do listeners to them. Um, all you need is silver audio cables. All you need is silver audio cables. All you need is silver audio cables. Silver audio cables. Silver audio cables is all you need. <laughs> And then finally, we all live in our Fuchsia Millennium Falcon. Fuchsia Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Fuchsia Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, needless to say, you, listener, need to go to the site and make us some songs and submit them. And if we like them, we will we will report back with our favorites. And bonus points if you record them. Or if we like them, we're maybe going to record them ourselves. <laughs> True. Um, and then make sure you click the save button after you create your song, because yeah, then you get a, you, you get a, a supposedly permanent link, but who knows? Uh, I love little generators like that. So I think it's that time for picks of the week. Yep. You want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll go first this time. So my pick of the week is a, a song by Frederick called Milo. And, uh, this song is all about the atmosphere um, and the mood and the temperament and the 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 choices of the sounds and it, it all is just such a nice little package um, and the song really kind of grows and 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 swells over time and it, you know it clocks in at five minutes so um, well I know that's not necessarily long for your songwriting but um, it's definitely more than like like a pop song or or some of the shorter stuff I've shared. It's about when the intro's finished. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the the white noise intro to one of your songs, um, and I just like just about everything about this song. There's a really nice picking pattern. Um, the the voices are very soft and um, lots of long notes and very they're almost just one of the instruments themselves. And uh, the song's is kind of sad, kind of moody, but kind of mysterious and. It all kind of swirls together, so let's just hear a little bit of Milo. So tell me your thoughts about Frederick's Milo. Oh, I love that song from the very beginning. Um, this this song is just just the right amount of sadness, and I really really love sad songs or sad sounding songs at least. I, mean, I like it when there's a, a shimmer of hope in there, but apart from that, um, 
Uh, I think you you brought it up um, after recording when I featured Uniform Motion as a pick of the week, and I can really see the similarities there. Um, what really caught my ear was about one minute fifty in. There is a, a little sound that's um, I would describe it as as putting a hammer on a small bell, and it it sounds a bit industrial, but still kind of melodic. And it really builds the atmosphere. I really had to re-listen this part three times or so. I was I was always rewinding to to hear that again, and I was happy to hear it again later in the song again. And um, in general, the the whole soundscape is made of uh, made up of instruments that are really decaying. So it's 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 um, a picked violin and picked guitar, and it sounds so mallet like like a mallet instrument. I really love those as well. So. Um, you you got this small percussiveness out of this, and still all those melodies on top of each other. It's just perfect, and yeah, yeah, can't say anything more. It's just great song. Yeah, there is this nice interplay of staccato notes and the the more longer whole notes, pad like stuff, and the vocals are almost all. Well, I guess even the vocals kind of mix the 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 faster staccato. Um, phrases and then the the long humming and and longer notes so what was your pick of the week my pick of the week is owen pellet with many lives 49 mana points um you could also say that it's by final fantasy that was his name when he wrote this song but soon changed his name as uh as he got bigger and not wanted to to yeah be I don't know, confused sued. <laughs> or sued or confused with the game series. Although he's a big fan, which was the na- reason why he picked that name in the first place. And um, this is a rather short song, and I I picked it because it really demonstrates his use of of loop machine. Although he, he really d- um, improved on that even more with with the later uh, records, but. This one is just a prime example where you can actually really, really follow what he's doing with the loop machine there, uh, especially if you watch the live album. So we're going to put this in our Spotify playlist as always, but really check out the link in the show notes where there's a live version of this song. Once again, he's he's featuring his, his violin on there and um, no percussion. It's just all violin. He's He, ha- he has this effect where you can... Um, yeah, pitch it down an octave to actually play the bass notes on the on the violin as, uh, as well, and just the whole interplay with um, with time signatures as well. So this song is, I think, mostly in five four time, something about that. And um, let's just let's just hear a little bit of it. So what did you think of the song? Uh, it was, it was, I watched the live version on YouTube and it was fun to watch. Um, very much a kind of a, a masterclass of doing the, the seamless loop pedal and not just like using the loop pedal seamlessly, but building your song in a way where it's interesting from the start 
and yet still layers on itself. So it's not like, hold on, everyone. I got to make my song real quick, um, which is, you know, my usual complaint with the, the, the like Dave Matthews style acoustic singer songwriter that's using a looping pedal. And I'm like, come on, I'm bored. <laughs> um, uh, there has to be the inevitable Andrew Bird comparison. Cause when I saw Andrew Bird live, he did very similar looping pedal stuff and it was also excellent and amazing. Just the way he creates, they create their own symphonies very quickly with, with the violin, which, turns out to be a very versatile instrument for this kind of thing um not only do you have all the the bowing and, and tremolo possibilities um or do they call it vibrato when you do it on violin uh violin it's vibrato yeah yeah um and then you can also go pizzicato you can um one thing i loved about owen pallets in this live and i don't know if that's part of the the studio version um but he also like sings into the the the, this is actually what it's called on a violin, the F hole. Um, <laughs> it, to get a, a nice, like, almost lo-fi yelling sound um, for what ends up being kind of a background vocal in his loop. Yep. And uh, it's a really interesting sound. And uh, and then the other best part about this video is towards the end, he, he actually hits a bum note and he just laughs. <laughs> and it's, it's a very... <laughs> Um, in it's just such a funny moment because he is so good. Like the rest of the video, you're just kind of in awe of his playing. And so that moment is just really a nice little humanity to it. Yeah. It's really charming that moment. <laughs> so definitely go watch that video. Yep. And this is it for episode 15 of bits and pieces. As always, you can find all our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 15. And while you're there, if you're not already subscribed, you can subscribe with your favorite podcatcher on iOS. That's the uh, the regular old um, iOS podcast app that you've got on there. Or you can use Overcast. Or on Android, you can also use Podcast Addict. We also like feedback, so you can find us on Twitter at Metwords Music, which is Michael. And I am at Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. You can also support us through Patreon. If you head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot, there's some ways you can really support us there. And I really got to mention Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange. You're really awesome supporters. You're amazing. All right. See you next week. <laughs>